0: it's time to talk it's time for sauce yes that's right welcome back to socks Talk. we have a great show for you matt Vivi is here he is well versed in the ways of sauce and had many interesting lies to tell johnny speaking of interesting lies i went to the poison store last week and boy are my arms tired jesus christ johnny no number of new jokes tacked on will make that interesting enough to use What are you doing? Why are you still typing like you are wrapping up the intro? You need to go back and write something else. There's no way it is time to say. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. going to be another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. And you know why? On the other line, it's our good friend, and I should note, another first-time podcast. No, I, I say first-time podcast because first time on my podcast. Have you been on another podcast?
1: First time on any podcast. First time, time on, on any one. podcast,
0: a true exclusive, uh, friends. It's Matt VV. How you doing, Matt VV?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, Doing
0: well. It's a classy way to open. You don't say you're doing good. You say you're doing well. You'll love to hear it. Uh, To begin with, I think there is some necessity. I know we've got a lot of sauce heads out there who are getting mad that I haven't asked them that question we asked at the beginning. But we're going to hold off. That's going to be the second question. This is a rare thing, but sometimes it's necessary. Today it's necessary Uh, our first question, and I'm not just going to put this on you, I will help you answer this, and also if you lie, uh, I won't vouch for you, so don't lie. The first uh, segment is called,
1: Who the Fuck is This Guy? So, uh, who the fuck is this guy? So, uh, my name is Matt, Uh, I'm guessing we might uh, refer to me as Matt VV here as my online moniker has been going back to second or third grade whenever AOL came out. That's a long time. yeah, it's been out there for a while. I, I don't care to do the math on how long that is, but um, but yeah, no, I've been uh, friends with John for also many years now. <laughs> um, friends with a lot of folks from the group, other people who've been on the, uh, the podcast in the past. Uh, very excited here to hear talk about sauce today. Big sauce fan, so it's kind of how I, I fit in, I think, with the the guests you have here.
0: Yes, uh, most notably in recent years. Matt V V plays video games with me and Pat and Charlie and other people, but generally people uh who not I like I don't know everybody you play video games with. You don't have to tell me that, it's okay. <laughs> but uh he also has been around draft party stuff. If you think of like a tall, handsome blonde man who showed up and seemed to know Charlie, you're like, Well, that was Matt V V, that's this guy. That's so me. uh there's a good chance that uh, you're you're familiar, you have you have fond thoughts of Matt V V. Already. I hope I didn't call you Matt VV when I introduced you to people, but there's a good chance I did. I do (laughs) think of you as Matt VV in my head. Um, I want to, this is really going to piss people off. We're going to keep pushing back that first question. I am intrigued by the fact that you said you started having your online handle be uh, Matt VV when you were in like second or third grade. So obviously, uh, you're handle was MattVV because it's not really a VV, it's a big W, because your last right. name starts with a W. Right. Uh, how did you land on that as a, as a username for AIM or whatever?
1: So yeah, I, my uh, my mother worked from home when I was a kid, so we had a separate phone line for that. And uh, so we kind of got like a home computer and internet set up before a lot of other folks did. And, you know, I was young for my, for, you know, a lot of folks who were already on AOL at the time, and I was like, what, well, what screen name do I make? And I had a lot of older friends and relatives who would do, like, it'd be like capital X, lowercase x, and then their name, and then, like, a lowercase x and a, a uppercase x to end it. I'm like, well, all everyone's doing that. That's cool, but... I guess if I do two V's, like my last name starts with a W, that would be cool. And then it wasn't cool, but it stuck forever. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like my scarlet letter at this point, right? It's just, <laughs> and, and it's just part of it. And I, I can't find it anymore. I got to just go with it.
0: Now, I, I, this may bring great shame upon me when you came up with that name and you looked at it online, how did you pronounce that in your head?
1: Yeah, I did not say VV, I just, I just thought it was like no. W. <laughs> Has anybody ever said Matt VV
0: to you besides me? No. I say no. Matt VV to you a lot. Like, when yeah. we talk online, like, Pat's like, hey, uh, are we going to play a game tonight? I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to play. I think Matt VV's going to play too. I, I don't <laughs> know why I'm so attached to Matt VV, but that's, that, that's, that's who you are to me.
1: I, I think if you just said Matt, I would assume you meant Pat. You said something else by accident, so it's just easier this way. Johnny's
0: talking about Pat and having a stroke at the same time. He's an incredible uh, dual task aficionado. He can do it all. So, uh, <laughs> I think Matt VV is good. I hope I hope it's not horribly offensive that I call you that exclusively. Not at all. Not at all. And now the the grand wait is over. Matt VV eat anything good lately.
1: Yeah, so um I have been doing the uh having those meals sent to me every week in quarantine. So I've been using HelloFresh. I know there's some other ones, Blue Apron and that and uh been really enjoying that. And uh last week was sent a recipe for shepherd's pie. Oh boy. Which I never had one before, which is um this uh this I should probably actually give you the recipe because it was a vegetarian one too. Um, so this one was a mushroom and herb shepherd's pie, which, again, I, I don't know how I've gone over 30 years without having one of these, but already a big fan of that with the uh, cheesy mashed potatoes broiled at the end on top of, um, you know, I've tried it with, with pork or beef, but, you know, this one was a veggie one with herbs and mushrooms and carrots and onions in it, and it was it was good.
0: Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, th- those, those meal delivery services do pretty well. Uh, I have done some... Uh, Purple carrot, which is like a vegetarian-focused one during the pandemic here. As always, all these things are expensive, but Mm. uh, especially given the absence of eating out, it is very easy to say, well, I'll just, you know, push some of that expenditure over here and then have these extremely easy, very good meals. And then frequently, I've turned, like, that kind of sounds like what you're talking about. You Mm. turn something you make, and you're like, well, I don't fucking need to order this from you again. I'll just get right. this stuff from the grocery store, and now this is a thing I can make, and I don't pay crazy stuff. And I, I'm much more willing to be trust someone rather than this weird thing on the Internet says, if I buy these weird things I haven't had before, I have a good time. And often <laughs> I don't, but if they told me to do it, they're probably right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's worth it just to avoid those those recipe websites and uh yeah, having to go down that rabbit hole. No, I, I agree with you. I try to keep a pile of the the recipes around for futures. So have, have you actually gone back now and gone to the grocery store and done a recipe again, like gotten all the ingredients that you've been sent? Because I, I have not actually gone through and done that yet. I keep telling myself I will.
0: The biggest one is that we got a like kale and like a hot kale and white beans thing nice. once. And that was such a hit that that has just become like one of our like five main staple meals that probably gets made every other week, and is always uh, extremely good. And also, like kale and white beans, if you're making that, taste good. You're probably doing stuff right. It's, I think it's a huge success. Nice, and very nice. That's something I would have assumed that this would be my favorite thing. Uh, I think our our next segment. Could be could be a big one, could be a small one, could go any direction. But on a recent podcast I had uh John Huber on and he was a great guest. We had a great time talking to him. And at the very end he mentioned that he used to work at Subway. And I was like, Fuck, I should have talked to this guy about Subway. And I thought maybe from now on I'll just start screening people. So it doesn't have to be Subway. But, can you tell me what is about your sauce related employment history? What jobs have you had that were
1: most closely tied to sauce? What have you got anything at all? Ooh, uh, that's a good question i nothing nothing immediately comes to mind. I never worked in like uh, like fast food when I was younger or a restaurant or anything that's really easily applicable. Um, oh gosh. You know, I I would say when I was uh, before I turned sixteen, I used to work concession stand for baseball every weekend. Well, oh, you
0: could have some sauces around there.
1: Could have some sauce there. Some, some that,
0: mustard. You got some mustard going on.
1: Yep, yep. Your usual, your ketchup and your mustard for your hot dogs and all that fun. I can't. Dude, I can't think of anything. Well, dude, well, actually, well, I have one. I do have one. If you'll indulge me for a second, I do have one story that I guess it's it's a little tangential to sauce around employment. Um, so you start my, my, with
0: it, and then if I think it's too far afield, I'll just cut you off, and then we'll yes. go back to what I want to talk about.
1: Yes. So um, my first job out of college, uh, I was working, uh, kind of running a website for a healthcare care uh, organization. And, Bad start. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I, I had to go uh, interview a group of doctors. They were neurologists. There were, like, physicists, like these very, you know, highly trained you know uh, you know many years of education and i'm I'm 22 i'm nervous you know I'm, I'm going over all these terms i'm trying to teach them how to like build their website all this stuff and i walk into their their office and the head neurologist sees me uh someone tells him who i am and he goes hey bro you want a pita <laughs> and uh he pointed <laughs> he pointed to a big catering they had of uh, pita fixins, and they had uh they had like some great hummus there, so that that's about the closest I can remember. Was there the a tzatziki sauce? sauce? Yeah. You're leaving us hanging. Like, was there was there
0: anything like was there a, a cucumber sauce of any kind, or was um, these were these like some dry ass pitas?
1: They they were some dry pitas. I don't remember the sauce being there. I back then I was not big into this that sauce. I am now, obviously. I, I like the tzatziki, but. Um, I, I remember the hummus specifically, I don't remember the tzatziki there, but I was, I was also just terrified going into like, like, you know, I'm speaking to these neurologists and really they're, they're there to make sure they have the best pictures of themselves on the website. And that's, yeah, the first thing I walk into was, Hey bro, want (laughs) a (laughs) pita?
0: I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, A couple of things to go back to. First off, I consider myself a big tent sauce definition person. On a recent episode, I advocated for uh, at least being open-minded to the idea of pudding being a sauce. Okay. That said, do you think hummus is a sauce? I don't. Mean, I'm not saying this critically about this. The story remains strong on its own. I'm not trying to yeah. say it's not a gotcha question. I actually want to debate this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think especially if you're going to have pudding in the conversation, like I, I think of hummus as a sauce because I'm always enjoying it with something like I would with a sauce. You know, if I have pita chips or uh, whatever else you're you're putting your hummus on, that, that's what makes me think of it as a sauce, whereas pudding, you know, you can enjoy it on your own. So if, if we're including all these things in the conversation, I, I would think hummus would have a, you know, a spot at that table.
0: It's something about how solid hummus is. Although, I guess, like, you put it on a sandwich, like, a, that's a great start for it being a sauce. And then, like, I guess, like, you could spread it on a burger. That's yep. saucy-ish. I, I feel like the answer should be no. But it is it is kind of a paradox once I welcome pudding into the party. It's like, <laughs> well, how can you close the door to anybody? If right. somebody tells me a pound of ground beef is some sauce, how am I supposed to tell them no, only pudding <laughs> is sauce?
1: Yeah, I mean, what's so what is the argument for pudding? Like, I, I could see that too. It's 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 so you know, it, the, the comp- composition of it just feels so yeah, similar. It to has sauce the consistency of it. sauce, and then I was mm. also
0: advocating that perhaps people should dip chicken nuggets in sauce. It was a great episode if you want to go back and listen. Okay. Uh, um, on the other hand, that's gross, and you wouldn't like it <laughs> if you did it. I guess it's. I don't know. I guess it all—it just comes back to like we know what these words mean intrinsically. Right, pudding's not sauce. Hummus isn't sauce. I got I got to straighten this stuff up. Okay, yeah. let's talk about something that is a sauce. I want to hear more about when you worked at the ballpark, and uh, you, you like it was just like a hot dog stand. Was it like a snack shack situation? What was this?
1: So it was. It was a little bit of everything. It was. It was you know basically heating up frozen pizzas hot dogs keeping the popcorn going you know having your your staples your you know your big league chews and um nachos and all that so i guess i guess the if you want to include the nacho you know the the cheese sauce there's some that, cheese sauce absolutely yeah, right there you probably got um, some ketchup
0: and mustard going on some of those hot dogs
1: yep yep you got you have some options i don't, I don't have any great stories no no one uh no one put their arm around me that's if i wanted any catering but um that's a shame yeah, <laughs> that's um, the closest I've had occupation-wise.
0: So was this like a ballpark where like kids played organized like little league and stuff like that?
1: Yep, yep. Had a number of fields. You'd have t-ball up till um, I, don't, I don't know what age they they would you know age off you know sixth grade, eighth grade, whatever, whatever it is. But yeah, pretty pretty full little league field. Uh, when
0: I was in high school. I was the guy who like went out to the field there' was only one baseball field in Avon mm-hmm. and so everybody had to share it, but there were hardly any kids, so it was all fine but uh I was the guy who like got the field ready for all the games and gotcha. it was very fun uh I liked like dragging the field and putting the lines on the field I wasn't especially good at it sometimes the lines were kind of crooked down the <laughs> down the end of there uh one time I uh, so I'd get out there at like, say there'd always be games at like 6 and 8, and I'd have to be out there at like 4.30 or something, I don't really remember, something like that to like set everything up for the early game, and then I'd have to come back out at like 7.30 and I'd adjust for the second game. And I remember one time at like 5, like to say it was 6.05, I got a phone call, and they were like, you gotta come out here, uh, the coach is all mad that your field is all fucked up. And then I went out there, and they're like, this mound is the wrong distance. But nobody had a tape measure. And so then I had to shamefully go into my little, like, shed of equipment. And I got the tape measure out, and I measured it out. And it was 18 inches too close. Very noticeable. To, like, these are not, like, pro-level kids. These are not right college superstar track players. But still, it was more than enough off to be extremely embarrassing. <laughs> and so then I had to adjust the mound and then get back in my car and drive away and come back an hour later and adjust everything again. A terrible day for Man. this guy. But uh,
1: what? How? I've, I've always wanted to lay down the, the chalk for the, the foul lines. Is that as fun as it looks or is it after like the first time you do it, it's kind of a pain? It was always really fun, but
0: it was always difficult for me. We didn't have like the thing, the, the, the chalk, I was just going with the chalker. I don't know if that's right. But the chalker had been broken and put back together, and it was very hard to keep in a straight line. And so uh, normally I could do it very well from uh, home to first, but as you lost your frame of reference, because we didn't have like proper foul lines all the way out to the fence, it was just grass because we didn't have stuff like that. And so you lost your frame of reference as you got past first base, and... I'd get back to the end and be like, Good enough. I gotta get <laughs> on to the next job. I got too much I gotta go make some, you know, batter's boxes and shit. I can't be fucking around with this anymore. Yeah. Sometimes not not a great job by me. Um I don't have a lot of sauce related employment myself. I figure I might as well and I'm gonna keep asking people, out there, if you do have sauce related employment, let me know. We'll get you on sooner rather than later but i might as well cover mine i think my most sauce related employment was when i worked at the grocery store i worked in the produce section not that's not the high point for sauces but we had like the salad dressings in the cooler and that sort of stuff those are saucy um but in general people were not like asking me about like what what dressing should i buy which is honestly they'd be like what kind of lettuce is good and i'd be like green ones i don't know do whatever you want uh, they should have been grilling me about the sauces, and I could have given them some info, but uh, it didn't happen. So I also have I've never worked at a restaurant. Subway, I think, let's think about that. Like, so I guess the best sauce-related job would be, like, food scientist, and you try to, <laughs> or, or or just chef. But either way, like, trying to develop a new sauce or perfect a sauce. And then after that... I think Subway is way up there just because of the diversity of sauces that yep. you are asked to work with. Other what other good like if I could get a dream sauce guest. I guess it, like the best would be uh
1: Guy Fieri,
0: who is more associated Got- with a specific sauce.
1: <laughs> I I would like to uh I would like to see some of the uh like folks who do some of the marketing behind new sauces. So, I know we've talked in the past about those horrible uh those ketchups, I think it was in the 90s where they had different colors to them. <laughs> yes. And you had some of those, right?
0: I definitely had like a purple ketchup
1: that tasted
0: like 80% purple food coloring and 20% ketchup. And it it didn't work for me.
1: Uh I, I never like the it's never appealed to me visually. I know it tasted the same. But I would I would just love to have a conversation with like the moderator of the focus groups that had to like, you know, present this to someone like, hey, this is ketchup, but it's purple. What do you think? Like <laughs> I, I would love to have that guy on a podcast. It is weird,
0: like when you have a product that you're trying to sell and you just so plainly don't have the courage of your convictions. And like all <laughs> you want is to just well if every kid in America buys it one time and hates it, that's good enough. It doesn't even matter it's like it doesn't matter if it's even decent. We don't want to sell it a second time. All we want to do is get it bright and colorful on the shelf to do it once. That just seems like such a a sad road to go down It's like the yeah. uh the businesses or the restaurants or that sort of thing that are just like designed to look like another restaurant or whatever. And like all you want is like we'll just trick people into coming in here, and they think they're pulling into a Hardee's, but really we're Marty's, and then we (laughs) just—I might as well buy a cheeseburger. They never come back. That'll just—we'll just do that a thousand times a week, and we'll be fine.
1: Yep. Yep. No. I. I, uh, (laughs) Yeah. I. You kind of—you're making me think about some things. I I do remember. I had a colleague once. She's retired now, but um, her grad school study. I think she's getting an MBA or something like that. Was for McDonald's, and this was in the '70s, which I think is probably not shocking anymore, but it was kind of new at the time. Where her job was to go interview uh, kindergartners, and like they scored much lower on the alphabet than they did on like the McDonald's jingle and like the McDonald's menu. Oh boy! So yeah, so those yeah those sort of things are coming back to my mind now. Previous food, you know, slash sauce related employment stories. You know what? I'll I'll make this stand. She is
0: not welcome on the podcast. Poison <laughs> Poisoning those children's brains. I don't. No matter what fee. You know how. Nor, I think it's normal. That you'll find out when we get to the end here. It's traditional. You, whenever someone has you on a podcast, you give them a gift. Or if like if you're not in the same place, you just Venmo them like two hundred and fifty bucks. I will not let her on, no matter how much money she offers to pay me. <laughs> out outrageous. Not a fan. <laughs> Uh, it's time for our next and undoubtedly best segment matt
1: what sauce are you bringing to the table this week and i i'm excited to talk about this one johnny and uh, i don't think i can oversell how good this one is so i, I want to let
0: the audience know this is perhaps a first matt is holding a bottle of the sauce in his hands right now what do you got there
1: so uh, I'm bringing up. So this is at its core. It's a barbecue sauce that I'm bringing to the table. A Big barbecue sauce fan. Um, this one I was just turned on to recently, um, and I, I'll put it out there. I think this is the best sauce I've ever had in my life, John. Best
0: so, sauce I've ever had. Highest of high praise.
1: I'm going to put it up against anyone who's anyone else who's been on this podcast before. So this is a barbecue sauce. It's from Trader Joe's. Um, so it's a barbecue sauce, but it's a sriracha and roasted garlic barbecue sauce. So you kind of have those extra elements to it. So, I mean, I, I huge fan of roasted garlic to go with it. And I it's not generally been like a hot sauce guy or even a sriracha guy in the past, but it doesn't overwhelm it. So even if you're not someone who likes, you know, sriracha in general or hot sauce, it is not overwhelming in this, you know, the sauce, the composition of it, the texture, everything that, you know, Goes with it. it. It's very versatile to me. I like it on you know fries. I like it on you know different cuts of meat. Um, you know goes with everything. And again, best sauce I've ever had. Can't recommend anything else over it.
0: I'm ex- I have not had this. I'm extremely excited to try it. I'm going to try it soon. Um, before the this, I want to I want to gauge your your tastes here. Uh, mm-hmm. Before this, what what kind of barbecue sauce were you generally a fan of?
1: Yeah, so... I, or were you of, a fan like, of such things? Yeah, no, I've, I've always been a big barbecue sauce fan, and I kind of like them all, really. Like, there's some folks who might say, you know, I'm a, I am ai only like the Memphis kind. I don't like Kansas City, or, you know, I, I like this kind of that. I, I like them all. I, I usually keep a couple of different ones in my fridge, so your Staples, your Sweet Baby Ray's. Um, there's actually a Famous Dave's one. I, I know that you guys have mentioned them before i think you talked with charlie on here about like a famous dave's that was in champagne i believe that's yes the big red yeah. barn yep they they have a good one um i grew up on open pits uh, and believe it or not what's which, which is actually okay is uh, heinz came out with a barbecue sauce which is not bad it's it's more for, i find that better for like dipping more so than putting on like a sandwich or a burger or something but but yeah no, i'm kind of all over the map up any barbecue sauce big fan
0: i i agree i have uh broad-based enjoyment of barbecue sauce. Although in my old age, I have become only more boring. And I find that, like, now, I keep regular Sweet Baby Rays in my fridge. And when yeah. I want to, like, branch out, I'll get spicy Sweet Baby Rays. So it's, like it's always just one of those. So I think this is high time for me to be trying some stuff anyway. And this, as I said, the highest of high praise. I'm going to give this a shot. I am yes. extremely excited. It sounds good. I will report back.
1: Yeah. I I don't know what to like pair. Like I wouldn't say, oh, you have to have chicken tenders or, oh, you have to try it with fries. Like any, whatever you normally like should work pretty well with it.
0: Barbecue sauce is way up there, like on the list of sauce. Like especially if you're doing that like thought experiment of if you can only have one sauce, it's going to, you're going to have that in a lot of situations. Whereas other things you might really like, it's not going to be as versatile. I'm going to want this on most things. It can be overpowering, but I also think you can thin it down a little bit. This is a little bit going a long way. Barbecue sauce Agreed. is hard to beat. We've had a real run here lately of hot sauces on the show. Mm-hmm. And so I guess technically there is some, a sriracha element here. But it, it right. sounds like that is, it's a very toned down. This is not an extreme spicy sauce. Definitely.
1: That's how I would describe it. Yep.
0: It's time for our next segment. Uh, This is another one. This could go any number of ways. And it's just a thing I don't think we have talked about before. So maybe you'll have something incredible here. Or maybe you'll be like, that's foolishness, so I don't know what to say (laughs) about that. Uh, I want to talk about... Let's phrase this as your best ever... Let's start with, do you have any driving stunts or driving maneuvers or anything notable you've ever done while driving that people would be impressed by or scared by or that you regret or anything like that
1: man that so that's a good question um (laughs) i I have only one that comes to mind I'm, i'm a pretty boring straightforward driver um and that is unfortunately that um i have hit a lot of deer um, so I've actually become very adept at uh, avoiding deer. Um, so I, I live in the Chicago suburbs and uh I was surprised that so I think Illinois is actually the top state in the us for like deer population i I don't know density and where and all that but but yeah, I have uh, I've hit a number of deer with my car um, and I've become really good at uh, seeing them in in the trees and uh, what to do when they are uh, jumping out at you at night, especially so. Um, That is the first thing that comes to mind uh, for as far as uh, uh, car skills, which is not not the most fun one, but it it is very useful, at least.
0: (laughs) So, like, I am from western Illinois and uh, outside of town. It's a huge thing at night, especially around hunting season, that there's just deer everywhere in -hmm. the road, off to the side of the road. You're watching for those eyes reflecting in your headlights i didn't where the hell are these deer hanging out out in the chicago suburbs you keep running into
1: it, you know what's what's crazy is one of them i uh one of my hit was uh right next to a major highway uh, i-90 i was on a frontage road next to it so yeah I, I was not expecting that so uh generally you know i've 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 hit a you know hit a few up uh, closer to the wisconsin border which made more sense sure. um you know just casually you know just a few you know i i lose track um uh n- nothing never major right like never like it's a, i've had to replace a few bumpers but never like a major one that's you know it was really bad like the deer's were always fine they always walked they always walked away afterwards so oh so you're not thing. killing the deer no 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 definitely not they okay. they have always walked away no you know i i have not had a, a horrible collision i've had to replace a few bumpers but yeah i've hit i think i'm up to 4 now jesus christ car. yeah um <laughs>
0: So, But this is a different sort of... So obviously, you are not traveling at especially high rates of speed when you hit right. these deer. So right. where I'm from, we hit the deer less frequently, but you hit them at 60 miles an hour or more. So right. it is the deer is instantly dead, and it is a major dangerous accident, including one of the concerns is sometimes the antlers come through the windshield and, like, kill you. Right. Um, oh yeah. So ex- extremely scary. But so right. you were having <laughs> in the Chicago suburbs very frequent, relatively minor deer collisions. Yep. I'd yep. love Absolutely. to hear from other people. I, I I didn't know this was a thing I should be afraid of. Like I didn't know if like don't and you know how don't go out in the suburbs. It's a little dangerous mm. after dark. The deer will <laughs> attack your car. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I actually am getting a. Uh, a I guess it's a, like a deer whistle. My, my I, buddy... I have
0: a note here. I was going to follow up with that. next,
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this week, uh, I, I, we've been quarantining with COVID, but a buddy of mine bought me that for Christmas. So, I have not gotten it yet, but uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get that this weekend. Put it on the front of my car, and hopefully, no more troubles there.
0: I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was probably five or six. Uh, we were I was in the back seat of my family's car, and then we hit a deer really bad. As I'm describing, like I I don't think it totaled the car, but it was very significant damage, and the deer was just just mutilated. Man. And then after that, my dad got I think they I think he called them deer horns, but they were like. What you're describing like whistles, basically. Mm-hmm. That would you? There's like a pair that went on the front of the car, but I also think they cost like eight dollars, and he got them at Walmart. And they're supposed to be like, oh yeah, these are supersonic, and only the deer can hear them, and like they activate by like the wind blows through them and makes. I think like, there's no way these did anything. <laughs> I,
1: I'm not. I don't. I don't think.
0: What is, what is this? There's this deer horn situation you've got set up here.
1: Yeah, I, I I haven't actually seen it yet, so I think it's the same thing though. I think it's like a like a five dollar. Like yeah, off someone ordered it off of Amazon and it's yeah same mechanism to make it work. So I, I question its effectiveness too. So I mean, I, I drive a, a black car too, which I've been told when you're at night because I've always hit them at night, right? You know, so that's I think the problem is they don't they just there's, they don't see it as well. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's the same same situation that your dad had. I think I'm getting the same setup there. So did, I'll, I'll re- report back if anything happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the
0: problem too. Is it's very hard. I mean, I guess unless you hit a deer the next day, it's hard to know. Like maybe I would have hit ten more deer, but and this <laughs> this I only hit the one because these are so good. So did your friend? You said a friend bought you this for Christmas. Yes. Are you, so yes. did your friend buy this because like you're Matt, the guy who always is hitting deer? Yep. Do yeah. your other uh, friends hit deer frequently?
1: <laughs> no, I, I think I'm the only one I'm, I'm aware of, which is funny because, um, like, I've been working from home for years. You know, I didn't drive when I lived in Chicago for a number of years. So, uh, like, you know, I, my car is, I think, 12 years old, and I have, like, 70,000 miles on it. So, you know, I'm wow. not, I'm not – that's the thing that kills me, too, is I'm not driving it a lot. So I have friends who are driving up to Wisconsin. I have friends who are going deer hunting or, you know, wherever they're going – and the, you know they they they're totally fine. They never have any incidents. So, so is this
0: just is this a story you make up? What's going on? Are no, you no. There, I... are
1: you out there running down pedestrians? Or, <laughs> like, oh yeah, all that blood on my car must have been one of the deers again. I I will I will take a photo and I will send it to you after this of the side of my car which still has uh, some scrapes from it that definitely were not man-made. Well,
0: hey, the way things are going, you can just wait. A couple of weeks from now, you'll be hitting another deer. You can just send me a picture from the scene of the crime. This, this I got. It. I don't think I want to hear it from other people. You hitting deers out there in the suburbs? Everybody's out in the suburbs. Who's hitting the deer? I am suspicious.
1: This story doesn't pass the smell test. I, I, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't help that the deer has always walked away at the end. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I hit that deer real bad, but he was okay. My car's kind of fucked up, but uh, he said he had someplace to be. He didn't want to give me his insurance information. So. I guess I'm just out of luck on this one, huh, guys? <laughs> um, I will I say as well, I I wrote this question. I was like, I'm going to talk about driving since I don't have anything. I never do anything. Uh, one time my dad tried to show me how to like do donuts in a snowy parking lot, and I was like, this is pretty scary. I don't know how to do this. I don't understand, and I didn't ever successfully do it. Uh, it was very similar when I was a kid. One time my dad built a very small ramp for me to uh, ride my bicycle over and do small jumps. And I don't think I ever did it properly. I, I, I was like 12 or 13 and I was always horrified of it. And that has just been my nature, I guess. But I was like, the the, the ramp is going to shoot out when I try to go over it. Then I'll fall down and break my ass. I don't want that. And so I would just always go over it so slowly that like the front tire was back on the ground before I even finished going over the ramp. And so it was nothing that was that is indicative of my stunt driving career. Um, now, on the other hand, how about just what is the fastest you have ever
1: driven? Fastest I have ever driven. Um I I don't. I'm gonna let you go first here because I have to think on that. Cause I I've never, I've not, I've never done anything I can think off the top of my head that's like really sticks out there beyond just driving. You know, driving on the highway. You know, maybe going down to shit. You know, driving up, up here down to Champagne to visit friends. That might literally have been the fastest I ever drove uh, drove before.
0: So I I do have something of an advantage here, and I have a lot more I presume experience driving on like extremely non busy non-highway roads Mm -hmm. like just these tiny little country roads out around avon that you can have a very long straight stretch you can see forever there's nobody coming there's no cops around you can do whatever the fuck you want and so like i don't think this will be a number that impresses people but i had uh let's see late high school early college i had a 1998 Oldsmobile Intrigue remains the coolest car I've ever had. Uh but it was it was just a medium-sized sedan but had a V6 and you put the pedal down and it would go pretty fucking fast. And so uh one time I was like I wonder what it'll do and so I went out to one of these roads and it wasn't it was before dark and so I could see everything. There's no deers hanging around trying to kill me. Again, this is still not a good idea and I wouldn't do it today. But I was like, I bet this will do 120, and then it turns out it would do 120 very easily. Then I was like, I bet it would do 125, and I was like, this road is ending. I have got the entire length of this extremely long road in 12 seconds. I have to stop going 125, and so I stopped going 125. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't do that again today. I think that's a bad idea. I, yeah. I used to be fear, like, not fearless isn't the right word, but I used to be like confident. Nothing bad would happen when I was driving. And then eventually I was just, I haven't had any bad crashes, really. I was
1: mm-hmm.
0: one time in a not super fun thing, but it was it was fine. But in general, I haven't had any super bad experiences, but I think I just saw enough. I was like, you know, it's really dumb. You just make, every time you drive super fast, it makes your chances of something bad happen go way up. And also, I don't want to get fucking pulled over. And now I don't drive on these, you know, empty country roads around Avon in, anymore, I have very very little opportunity to drive, you know, with impunity, knowing that there's not going to be a police officer there who's like, well, you have to go to jail because of how fast
1: you were driving, you (laughs) idiot.
0: Which I I think 125 is probably that. Not a good idea.
1: I I mean, it's interesting that you had that uh, that thing when you were younger with the... um in regards to like you know you could you know go fast and you kind of learn from that because for me right up front i was scared of doing that my my first car was a a 96 uh grand prix and uh it wouldn't start when it rained (laughs) great so just right like right away right off the bat i was always like all right i gotta be like extra careful with this thing um i had to literally start it let it die start it again run it like down the street a little bit let it die again and then drive somewhere so i Felt like, like a, the like the need for speed died from me at a, a very young age <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you did you think how how fast would you guess is the fastest you have driven
1: I, I mean i would guess you know probably close to 100 on that that trip down from like chicago down to when i would visit friends you know in champagne that's that's the one i can think of off the top of my head because i've never you know i i have friends who are really big into cars that they've you know bought stock cars and taken them out on tracks and you know they've offered for me to go with and i say absolutely not, I mean, yes, not <laughs> no much. um so i i would guess close to 100 probably at that point going down they try to, we would always try to see if we could get you know you know when we were younger when we were you know Nineteen twenty college age. See if we can beat the you know at the time you know the the map quest directions. I would say it's three and a half hours, so well, we can make it under three. So yep. yeah, that'd be my best guess.
0: And also that having done it a bunch of times, that Chicago to Champaign drive is frightfully boring. So yeah. it's, it's a hell of a time to just be like, you know what? What if this portion of the drive took two thirds as long as usual? That sounds okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very similar. I did never go as fast as I was describing before, but in my early days, when I just for some reason did not fear speeding tickets, uh, I definitely drove back and forth from Avon and Champagne, which I think is like a standard two and a half hour drive. And I remember being like doing it, and then thinking, "I'm going to beat this next time, and I'm going to beat that time next time," and then eventually getting it. <laughs> significantly like that's probably like hour and 50 minutes which uh especially because half of it is interstate from champagne to peoria and then you're just two lane roads and some of it's country roads by the end so you really gotta make up your time at the end there when you get the opportunity Uh, but then eventually i got uh i guess more of a legal thing than a (laughs) safety thing that helped me wise up when I was like 21 maybe, I got I think it was three speeding tickets in like 15 months or something mm-hmm. and I th- and I could have that could have the details wrong maybe it was two in that time but whatever it was, I had a four month period a three or four month period where if I got one more ticket I would lose my license for a year And so then it became, this fucking sucks. I have to like literally get up to fifty five, set the cruise control at fifty five, and wait till I'm there, because (laughs) I absolutely cannot do this again. Um, And so that really broke me of the. It's just drive whatever speed you want; it doesn't matter.
1: And this was before we had podcasts and all this fun that we could, you know, kind of pre-plan our trips with like what we wanted to listen to, something to take our minds off of it. So it was a. even even extra back then if you weren't making making good time on those trips.
0: That's extremely true. Uh, driving used to be much more boring. I did just remember the worst part of that story. I, left <laughs> out. It's a th- I think, I believe it was, I got three and couldn't get four tickets. It could be I got two in a really short time span and couldn't get a third. But whatever it was, the last ticket I got, I'm not making this up, 33 in a
1: 30. What and was it? Was this in, in like a college town with a lot of people around, or was this? No, this was in
0: Farmington, Illinois. Huh. Uh, uh tiny little nothing town, east of Peoria. Thirty-three and a thirty, just wow. cruising through town, not thinking a thing. Like had been going, I believe I was driving back from Champaign, Had been going very fast outside of town, but in town slowed down just about through town, and then the lights going behind me, and I'm like. Surely that's not me. Obviously I am not being pulled <laughs> over. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm doing my turn signals. And he's like, Well, you're speeding and he's like, Here in Farmington we take that really seriously.
1: Uh, and so they, 33 they had to throw that thirty three. Oh Here in Farmington, that's yeah. how we do it. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, I can tell why fucking everybody wants to go so fast get out of this damn town. Fuck that fuck. <laughs> yeah. Going
1: yeah. I'll marking it up my GPS in the future to make sure yeah. I don't go through there.
0: <laughs> Very similar. I Whenever I drive back to Illinois, if I go just, if I'm driving, like, to the western part of the state or whatever, you go through Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. That city has fucking cameras on the interstate for speeding, and they tick off at, like, three or four miles over. And oh. the whole city is just a speed trap going through, and they just send out. Like, literally, the day I moved to Cedar Rapids when I did that AmeriCorps thing, I got a speeding ticket on the highway for going, like, 69 and a 65. Wow. Which, then it was just, and, like, it's just very much one of those, the ticket just shows up in the mail weeks later, and it's like, what are you going to do about it? You think you didn't do this? I'm like, well, I fucking did do it, but goddamn. <laughs> and so now, like, when I make that drive home, going back, uh, you, you know, you set the cruise control at one thing, but then you stop and slow down and set it at the exact speed to drive through uh, Cedar Rapids, which is also especially bad because Cedar Rapids smells terrible. You don't want to <laughs> slow down in Cedar; Rapids. you got to like roll the windows up and like reverse the air conditioner to put all the air back out. It's the worst yeah. town to have to slow down.
1: In. I, d- I did not know that about Cedar Rapids. I almost had to travel there for work for a few times, so I'm, I'm glad I never had to make that trip. It sounds awful.
0: Yeah, they got a big General Mills factory. They're making cereal, and it sounds like it would smell good, but it usually doesn't. Sometimes it does smell good. And they always said that that was the day they were making Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But I think that might have just been, like, a fun myth.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't see think that the, was actually this... the case. But either way, it
0: did smell good occasionally. But I would say four days out of five, it smelled like fucking gross shit from these weird <laughs> fac- these giant factories.
1: Well, do you think today is a big day for them? They had that whole cinnamon toast crunch thing. On did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, Yeah. that
0: guy got all the shrimp, and they're like, "That's (laughs) fucking cinnamon sugar, you idiot! Give it to us. We need it right now." You fucking psycho! You don't have shrimp. Like I think I got some shrimp, guys. I don't know why you got to play me like this, but I definitely have shrimp. I know better than you.
1: there's a, a Cedar Rapids uh, resident who works at that factory who's going to listen to this podcast and hear you talking bad about his city on their, their big day, their, their day that they went viral. Just a, now, now, on the other hand, maybe the star
0: is and they're making Cinnamon Toast Crunch today, and it smells good, and everybody's just having a good time, and it's going to be okay. They can, sure. they, can, sure. they can have it all. Who knows?
1: <laughs> um and well, that, that would be a weird, like, unifying COVID. Uh, you know, we're all, we're all we're all quarantined together, but we all smell the same Cinnamon Toast Crunch. We're in <laughs> this together. <laughs> it's like the early days of COVID. And
0: the day that the factory workers make the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, everyone comes out on their balconies. And it's just applauding. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we are in this together. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, that poor town. It's taking a beating in this conversation.
0: Uh the motto of Cedar Rapids is that it's the city of five seasons. And they call it the city of five seasons because the fifth... I'm not making this up. The fifth season is the time you have to enjoy all the other seasons. I think because it's supposed to be like a slow paced lifestyle. Ugh. Hmm. Man. Uh... Very lame, but like as you enter the city, it says the city of five seasons. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, a lot of people, especially like I lived in Cedar Rapids, but I worked in Iowa City, and they're mm-hmm. very close together. Um, and people in Iowa City, like that's the fancy college town, it's a much nicer town. Right. Uh, they all said that it was really, Cedar Rapids is really the, the city of five smells.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, is that the fifth season Was like just uh, the, the, the smell you experience at different times of the year? Man, uh, I, I'm extra glad now I never went there for work.
0: I shouldn't drag Cedar Rapids as much as I do. But I don't have a lot good to say about it. But uh, somebody stole a bunch of shit out of my car there. But hey, Ooh. that sucked. But on the other hand, one time I was walking around and I found a $100 bill on the ground. What'd you do with that hundred dollar bill? I think I bought some booze with it. Nice. Yeah, that was a good nice. day. I, be- yeah. if I remember correctly, I believe I got up in the morning, called in sick because I didn't want to go to work, went for a walk and found a hundred dollar bill on the ground, and I was like, wow. "I'm living right."
1: Man, are you sure this day actually happened? This magical day where?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then my friend Matt VV ran into a, bee- a fucking deer. It was. <laughs> oh wait, never mind. All that was made up. Completely bogus ass <laughs> story.
1: <laughs> I, I, I will send you pictures after this of, of my car now. I'm
0: not saying your car's not beat up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying these deer stories don't add up for me. <laughs> I I uh
1: yeah, I it doesn't help my case that like they all they all like walked off yeah. afterwards. I don't have any yeah. pictures of them. I want to
0: see like a bag of jerky on your counter. Like, <laughs> yep, I did hit a deer and look what I got now. <laughs>
1: Man, I, 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 am <laughs> not rooting for this to happen to me again. But it's like I, I need some some solid proof, and there's only one way to get it. So <laughs> yeah, you got
0: it. Don't hit any more deer. Clearly, stop no. doing that. No, uh, no. But it it, it it is a weird story. Um, yeah. I think it's time for our final segment. I have an exciting plug this week. Are you excited to hear my exciting plug, Matt? I'm excited. Let's hear it. Uh, my plug is drink Campari. It's really good. Do you like Campari, Matt?
1: I am. I am not familiar. What What is Campari? It's a
0: very bitter red Italian liqueur. Ooh. Perhaps most famous for being in the Negroni. Do you like a Negroni?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could. I could go with Negroni.
0: I uh, wanted to drink a Negroni recently. And so I bought the ingredients for a Negroni, and I had a Negroni, and it was really good. And I was like, hell yeah, good job drinking a Negroni, Johnny. But then I was like, damn, sure did buy a whole bottle of Campari, and I don't (laughs) know what else to do with it. And then I had a little sip of it by itself, and I was like, won't make that mistake again. This shit is way too bitter. But then I looked into other Campari drinks, and I found some really good ones. I won't go through them all, but I will especially highlight the Italian Greyhound, which is uh, grapefruit juice, gin, and Campari. It's like a salty dog, but you add Campari and make it better than a salty dog. And I love a salty dog. So uh, now that there's two drinks, easily we can recommend buying some Campari. I'm drinking uh, Negronis and Italian Greyhounds to our heart's content i think we should all do it immediately and uh we'll have lots of
1: fun sounds like a great uh quarantine drink i think we're all looking for something different we've all had the same same liqueur going back to last year for a lot of us so yeah it is it is
0: high time to drink something besides whiskey and glass or whiskey (laughs) and coke or whiskey and bitters so uh absolutely good springtime drinks i think so weather gets a little nicer, very good for standing out in your yard and looking wistfully at people who already have vaccines. Uh, but we'll get there someday
1: soon, I, I believe in that.
0: Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had a great time.
1: Thank you for having me. I, I had a great time. I, I look forward to hearing about uh, your thoughts on the Trader Joe's sriracha and roasted garlic barbecue sauce. I'm excited for your review.
0: I will report back, and I'm also going to report back to you if I hear from anyone who claims that they are constantly hitting deer in the Chicago suburbs.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get a support group going. I'll I'll lead that, so just give me (laughs) some names. Best wishes in the intervening
0: days.